You're listening to Environmentally Speaking, a weekly podcast diving into legal matters surrounding the environment, public utilities, energy, zoning, and permitting laws in Rhode Island and the surrounding areas with your host, Marissa Desitel. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Environmentally Speaking. Hi, everyone. I'm attorney Marissa Desitel, an environmental attorney here in Rhode Island. And I'm Clarice, who sometimes suggests the same topic two, three times in a row. (laughs) And uh, I am outside today because I spilled coffee all over my workstation. So where the two of us are are kind of a mess, but we're still going to talk about some important stuff. It just took us a little longer to get to it today. But this is an interesting this is an interesting topic if you are a procedure nerd, which I think the two of us won't admit to being, but we are. So I enjoyed reading the article that you found. Thank you for finding this week's topic. Yeah, and I um, I think that we've, we've done a, a previous podcast episode about this topic. Mm-hmm. So for folks that are not familiar with something called the National Environmental Policy Act, there is another there is another episode that talks about this particular federal statute and the basics behind it. So I'm wondering if we can link that episode in the show notes. We'll find it. Because today's episode is about reform that occurred over the summer with respect to the National Environmental Policy Act. And the acronym associated with this federal statute is called what, Clarice? Meepa, which I think is kind of adorable. It is really cute. It sounds like a small, cuddly animal. It does. Like, but it's not. No, <laughs> it not sounds a... like a Pokemon. Like and if like a, a twelve-year-old was like, "I caught a Nipa," you'd be like, "Yeah, okay, sure thing." Let's kid. keep him. Yeah. <laughs> what? So, what's Nipa? Do you want me to explain, or do you feel like? Oh, it my a explanation would be way too short. So, please, but please do. So my vague and short explanation is going to be it's basically the federal act that covers any and all environmental activity that the federal government is sort of allowed to take so it covers federal action over the environment yeah that's right yeah when i was in law school during environmental law and policy class, I think it was, we had a a professor who was a delightful man, very quirky, and he gave us this acronym to remember when NEPA applies. And the acronym was called MUFASAKI. I don't know how all the letters (laughs) fit, and I would like to transpose them if I tried to give it to you, but basically it's any major federal action that's likely to have an impact on human health or or the public. I mean, that's a a shortened version of what MUFASAKI is, but I always remembered the acronym, and then through my years of practice, I actually had to deal with NEPA. So that's generally how that statute is um, invoked. So, <laughs> Mufasaki, that's the other Mufasaki. Pokemon in today's, <laughs> in today's Gotta Catch Them All. That Nipa and Mufasaki. <laughs> so, what the hell are we talking about? Um, I was excited about this because when I gave this article a read, well, what excited me was it looks like this reform 
is to be more efficient. And I don't know if you see that very often. Okay, you're shaking your head. So you've got you've got some skepticism about it. But yeah, it sounds I just, like that's I, the intent. I really appreciate your positivity and trust in mankind, but I try. Let me let me break it down a little for you. This is not <laughs> Again, in my my experience, my opinion, this is not these reforms are not meant to be more protective of the environment. They're not meant to really streamline things. This is another example of our current administration really putting the screws on environmental regulations and process, which is shocking to me because Mm. Biden ran on a pro environmental platform Mm -hmm. just goes to show you if you vote uh for for a president there's no guarantee that what he's promising is actually going to come to pass i usually vote on the uh for the green party some people would say that it's a throwaway vote but in my mind it's not a throwaway vote because it's the only party that guarantees environmental protection i digress so biden's Um, summer of reform, Mm -hmm. as we're calling it, has to deal with the, this is the first time since 1969 that NEPA has been modified. That's a long time. And the modifications came as a result of, number one, what you mentioned, that they're, they're couching this as a, a, an attempt to streamline the processes associated with NEPA, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't actually do that. The issue with NEPA is that since it was created, it's become a bureaucratic nightmare to a certain extent. You've got Mm -hmm. something called an environmental impact statement um, and an environmental assessment. And these documents, which the federal government is in charge of putting together, became herculean in size we're talking about thousands and thousands of pages and as you can imagine drafting those pages takes a very long time so just to pull from the article they're saying that these um some of these documents that you're saying take an average of 4.5 years to complete and have an average length of over 650 pages. And that does not include the appendices or the exhibits. Nope. That's just sort of the bulk of argument and discussion. Mm-hmm. Wild. What is the change that's meant to address the time and, and size of these documents? Yeah. So they're looking at um, they're looking at putting a page limit. So mm-hmm. 75 pages um, for, they're saying EAs, tell me, for environmental assessment, mm-hmm. um, again, not counting appendices. Uh, I believe it wasn't a count, uh, didn't count something else as well. Um, appendices for sure. 150 pages for, um, it's saying EIS? Yeah, that's the environmental impact statement. Okay. And then 300 pages if it's, it has extraordinary complexity. So I guess you'd have to make a special argument um, to meet that burden. So they're trying to cut the page limits down. 
they're trying to impose a time limit to cut down this four and a half year mark, bring it down to two year. Um, what I thought was an interesting note is if they feel that there's a failure from either side, it sounds like that's not following that two year sort of time frame to keep things rolling, they can impose a schedule or they can ask for a schedule to be imposed. So if somebody's taking too long, they can argue to have a schedule put in place. So, I mean, on paper, it does sound like they're moving towards efficiencies, but I'm seeing and I'm hearing from you, they're leaving open space to kind of keep the old way alive. Oh yeah, there's side, the side eyes there. Mm. Tell me more. Well, the the time frame and the page limit don't concern me that much. Mm -hmm. I think a page limit could actually be a good thing. And the time limit by itself, okay, they're they're trying to make government move faster. Good friggin' luck with that. But okay, I I see the the light at the end of the tunnel. The element here that is concerning to me is that if the government cannot can cannot get its environmental assessment and or its environmental impact statement done in either uh, one year or two years respectively, then the new changes to NEPA allow for the project sponsor to petition for a court-imposed schedule, as you just stated, mm -hmm. if an agency fails to complete the review and allows the lead agency to extend the time limits, quote, if necessary. In practice, what this actually means is if the government can't get it done in time, and I fully anticipate that will happen, the project sponsor, the developer, the, the private corporation, not necessarily an American corporation, can petition the court to order the government to move faster. So in reality, government is going to feel a lot of stress and a lot of pressure to get this work done before they get sued. Because once the agency is before a, a judge, there's a lot of resources expended. And that takes away from the manpower and the staffing and the energy that needs to go into doing these environmental assessments or envir environmental impact statements. And then it also puts this, it, it puts an additional burden on the lead agency to explain why an extension of time is necessary. That leads me back to the other issue that we mentioned earlier, where additional time may be had for environmental impact statements if it's an issue of extraordinary environmental detail, whatever mm -hmm. that phrase is. That complexity um, piece. Complexity, that's the word, thank you. Let me just tell you, every environmental assessment and environmental impact statement contains issues that are extraordinarily <laughs> complex. We're talking about ecosystems, we're talking about habitat, anyone that understands anything about biology knows that if you undertake an activity here, it's going to have an impact here and here and here and here because everything is interrelated. And here's a here's a really basic question, but 
who were these briefs getting put in front of? Are these getting put in front of other experts or people who are going to easily understand that sort of complex chain? Or are these briefs getting put in front of folks who need to see that chain laying out? NEPA was meant to hold federal government to a standard where the public could see what government was doing about activities, federal major activities that were likely to impact the environment. Mm -hmm. It is meant to be a transparent process where an environmental assessment comes out and the public is provided an opportunity to review it and comment on it. And then the agency is supposed to consider those comments, respond to, to the substantive comments as they see fit. Same thing with the EIS. As part of that process in drafting those documents, the federal government is also supposed to reach out to other agencies for something called a scoping period, which means, hey, where, let's say, for example, where um, the, where the Air Force and we want this is a project that's going to occur in Rhode Island. We want to hear from the Rhode Island DEM and the CRMC and the town in which this project is going to occur. So here's here's the the public notice and comment period. We want to hear directly from you guys and we want to we want to take your comments and and put them into the document. So the purpose of NEPA was good. But by shortening the timeframes and shortening the, the page limits and then allowing for a developer to sue if the government doesn't move fast enough, that completely defeats the purpose of NEPA. I don't see this as a streamlining process. Mm -hmm. I see this as an, another opportunity where the Biden administration is giving developers a, a, a really unfair advantage. I know in my experience in federal court working on something called the Weaver's Cove LNG project where the state was opposed to the project, the developer sued the state in federal court for this very issue. The state didn't make a decision in time according to the federal statute that was at play. I don't think it was NEPA, maybe it was forget. But by the time the matter was heard by the federal court, and we went to, we argued it in both federal court in Rhode Island and um, uh, district court in DC, the issue was moot because the government said, we don't have it done, but we're still working on it. The developer was not happy. By the time we got to court, the decision had been rendered. So the court said, well, developer, your argument is moot because the state issued its decision. Yeah, it was late, but it's now been issued. So what are we doing here? I see this change to NEPA as unless government has the resources to issue the decision before the matter gets to a judge, then they're going to, like I said, they're going to have to expend time and resources like we did for Weaver's Cove defending mm -hmm. instead of working on the decision. And what if they can't get the decision done in time? The developer can in, enforce a schedule. Okay. Presumably government 
doesn't need the schedule. They're working as hard as they can to get it done. It just takes time. I mean, anyone that's dealt with the government knows that shit takes time. And having, I don't know if there's a, a penalty associated with, with blowing a schedule. What if the court orders a schedule and the government can't get it done? Then what? Then it's an automatic approval. Is that what we're talking about? Does the, the developer just get, yeah, your project's approved because the government couldn't get the report done in time. But that doesn't make any sense. So what's the point of having a, a court-ordered schedule? There's already a schedule in the statute. What are we doing? <sighs> that, no, that brings up a really good point that I didn't even, I didn't think about. Because now that you're telling this story, I'm now thinking about a couple weeks ago. Um, we did that episode about Ostrad thinking about pulling out of the wind project because we're not moving fast enough. Uh, we as in the government, could that be an argument? This is no longer profitable. Could sure. that be yeah. something? And, yeah. you know, there are so many situations where there's not enough study being done. This could be so harmful. There are arguments being put in place, but that's a louder that private company is yeah. louder and has lots of more money. Yep. Yeah. And now they've got the backing oh. of the United States federal government. Okay. Well, look at that. I came in so hopeful and happy about this article. You should know better. All right. Damn it. That's all I got for the day. Well, on that note, I'm Clarice and I'm changing my mind. <laughs> Uh, so we will put a link to this article in the show notes as always. Um, we'll try to find the other, uh, episode that we had discussing NEPA so that way you can go back and give that a listen to, um, reach out to us on the socials. We are Desatel Browning Law on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can watch our videos on YouTube. I haven't said this in a while, but if you feel so inclined, you can like us and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. Ooh, that's a good point. Uh -huh. Once in a while. It's mm -hmm, always mm -hmm, nice mm -hmm. to see. Yeah. And um, if you have any questions, you can email me. My email address is Marissa at desatelbrowning.com. Wonderful. I saved you. Thank you so much. On that <laughs> note, have a good one, guys. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of Environmentally Speaking. If you're in need of an environmental attorney, we are here to help. Call us at 401-477-0023 or visit our website at www.desatellaw.com. That's www dot d e s a u t e l l a w dot com. <laughs> <laughs>